Welcome to the Global Wellness HQ family of podcasts. We are your international headquarters for resources and ideas and insight in relation to the nine elements of holistic wellness. Join us as we interview local and international wellness experts and learn how you can implement and improve one element or dimension of wellness at a time. Our experts will share their practical tips on wellness in one of these core areas. Emotional, intellectual, occupational, physical, environmental, financial, spiritual, social, or habitual. We created our family of podcasts as a resource for anyone who is looking to integrate the nine elements of holistic wellness into their daily lives. Welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm excited. I have my new friend, Cheryl Green, with me. Cheryl, why don't you say hi and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Hi, Jeff. Um, thank you for having me on the show. This is awesome. Um, I am a, I, I, I was dubbed a boundary sage. So I'm running with that because that's the best title ever. Um, I'm a mental health speaker and author. I just put out my sixth book called You Had Me at No, How Setting Healthy Boundaries Helps Banish Burnout, Repair Relationships, and Save Your Sanity. Um, and I work with people to empower them to set healthy boundaries so that they can live a better life. I love that. And I think let's talk about boundaries and we'll talk about a lot of things, but I think um, a lot of people and, you know, I'm a recovering people pleaser. Trust me, I've got scars from, you know, <laughs> saying yes to people and then regretting it. Um, let's talk about saying no and and we'll get to other things as well but i think there's this misconception and i'm one of these people so i'm asking for me you know a few years ago i'd say yes to everything and then i'd feel guilty because i wasn't getting it done and then at some point i'd piss the person off that i was trying to help because they'd be like hey you haven't got it done yet and then i'd resent it because i'd look at it and go well you waited a week for me to come and shovel your walk why didn't you just do it yourself? So let's talk about no versus yes, because I feel like yes pisses more people off than no. Am I crazy or fair? No, that's actually a really great way to put it. Um, so my my thing with no is one, it allows you to say yes later. It's not this negative, I'm not helping the world, screw you kind of attitude. It's the ability to take on the projects, the opportunities, whatever it is that you can actually handle by saying no to the ones that you can't. And what what you're talking about, that automatic yes, I call that yes vomit. Because <laughs> for recovering people pleasers, we we had the yes out or have the yes out before the person has stopped the question has has finished the question where are uh huh yes i'll help you yes whatever you need mm -hmm. um and the the whole point behind healthy boundaries is to stop that yes vomit it's to create an opportunity for intentional decision making and that was actually the first working, extremely boring title for this book was intentional decision-making. And <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, I think I chose the better option, 
Yeah. But really it's being able to evaluate something when it comes your way and say, do I have the resources to do this? Because what you're talking about when you said yes, and now you're pissing people off a week later, it's because you didn't have the resources. You didn't have the time to do it. You didn't have the energy. Maybe you didn't have the desire, Um, but you agreed to something just because that's what you always did. And yeah, it pisses people off. I mean, you're, you're letting someone down because if you say you're going to do something, whether you should have said yes or not, or not, um, they're expecting it and now they're counting on you. Yep. I love that. Now we're, we're going to have some fun here. Cause I think yes, vomit. I mean, that kind of, it feels icky, but it should, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So, <laughs> and, you know, it, it's funny. It was almost a badge of honor. Um, I've literally, and I mean this in the in the true sense of the word, literally burnt out three times. Um, one time I didn't think I was ever getting off the couch. Like I was just so done and it was self-inflicted. I'm not blaming anyone, but, you know, it was, I lived by that mantra, you want something done, give it to a busy person. And unfortunately, I was the busy person always getting things done. Yes. Um, so I'd be like, oh, just leave it on my desk. I'll finish it. And, you know, I can tell you after so many months of 100-hour work weeks, the body just says, I'm done. <laughs> so for those people, we, we'd like to get to them and help them before that. But, you know, the reality is we as human beings, we're, we're strange creatures. We're oddly wired. And we don't ask for help until we're at that point you know what is that cat poster from the 80s when you're at the end of your rope tie a knot and hang on so how can we start because i i think i mean the reason most people i suspect and i want to hear your opinion or your expert ideas why do people struggle with boundaries in the first place let's start with that piece so I'm not trying to blame parents when I say this. However, it's because we weren't taught. If if you grew up in a home where your parents didn't have healthy boundaries, where they didn't even know what boundaries were, and you never talked about boundaries as a child and you were they weren't modeled for you, how are you supposed to know? You know, we, we have this concept that we go into adulthood and like, you know, you turn 18 and at 1201 in the morning, all of this information gets downloaded to you. Um, That didn't happen for me. Maybe, maybe it happens for someone, but if you're, if you're coming out of childhood without those tools and really without the knowledge of the basic concept of boundaries, then it's something you're going to either learn the hard way. It's something you're not going to learn at all, or it's something that you're going to trip over my book or somebody else's book or a therapist or a coach that mentions it. And you're like, "Hmm, that's an interesting concept. I've never even heard of that. Um, So really, if you don't have them at this point, it's not your fault. And this was a quote from Will Smith years ago. It's not your fault, but it is your responsibility. I love that. I love that. And and I think that's, you know, 
a lot of people want to blame their parents. They look at their childhood and go, oh, I didn't get a pony. And, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not one of those talk it out in therapy kind of people. I'm like, you know, shit happened. Let's move on. <laughs> um, but the reality is when we just say shit happens and move on when you're older, at some point, you know, the universe will keep pushing your boundaries until you have to raise your hand put up the white flag and say enough I'm gonna take responsibility okay I'll deal with this and I'll buy my own pony <laughs> fine <laughs> so how did you, you you've done a lot and and by the way I'm impressed by anyone who's written a book let alone six Thank you. um you know it, it's personally I, I'm just gonna say this Cheryl writing is my therapy and the more I write, you can tell the more I'm I'm self therapizing. Is that a word? I I just Ther made it up. I think it's therapy therapizing. Whatever, you're good. Self therapy. Roll with it. That sounds better. It's it rolls <laughs> off my tongue a little easier than whatever I was trying to say. Um, but you know, it's fascinating how we either deal with something or we deal around something. Um, so you mentioned that you had taken people pleasing to Olympic levels. What was the moment you, you mentioned a metaphorical brick wall, and I don't suspect it was that metaphorical because I'm sure it was. Um, what was the turning point where you realized you need to start doing something different? So uh, there were two turning points. There was the, oh, my goodness, I'm not going to make it like this. And then there was the, I now realize what my problem is and I'm gonna to work towards fixing it. Um, so this was about, it's probably going on three years now. It was um, late October, early November. And I was working full-time for an animal rescue that I had actually been volunteering with for eight years at that point, six years, something like that. And I was also running my own business. So I had a content writing business, um, books, things like that. And it was like every day I was falling further and further behind. I, I couldn't get my client work done. I couldn't get everything I wanted done for the rescue. And I kept taking on more responsibility. You know, in a, in a small organization, you wear so many hats and at no point was I able to say, I have enough on my plate right now and I can't take any more. And then you add to that, you know, my, my parents, my, my dad and my stepmom were, um, were getting older and needing more, more help from me. And I was still taking on volunteer roles from other organizations. I, seriously. And, you know, it just, I lived to serve. I, I lived to be there for everyone else and put everybody else before, before me. And one day I, you know, I, I had started, so I cry a lot. And every time my, my husband or my friends hear this, they're like, uh, yeah, no, like it's ridiculous. I cry a lot. I'm a very sensitive person. However, I, there are periods when I am not crying. <laughs> Oh, like great right now. Life. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. Um, at this point in my life, I couldn't get a sentence out without crying. I couldn't stop. Um, it was the first time in my life that I'd ever had drinks. And I just say have drinks because I was not like taking down a bottle. 
but it was the only time I'd had drinks because of stress. Like I was trying to, to fix something. And the, the biggest thing for me was resentment. There was this feeling of why is everyone, why does everyone need me? Yep. Like I, I was resentful of my friends, of my job, of the rescue of my parents. And that felt wrong. Um, and, you know, one day I was just driving down the road and, and I saw those oncoming headlights and I had this, this quick thought jump into the head of, you know, what if I just crossed over the median, it would all be over in a second and I wouldn't have to deal with this. And, um, scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Yeah, I would imagine, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been there, done that. Uh, and, you know, it's that, holy shit, I'm not okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. For me, yeah. my mantra, my my pissed off moment was, I'm not that important. Why can't you do things without me? You know, it was like, it's like yeah. people are waiting for me to wake up and ask me things. And, and it's like, unless I married you or <laughs> I'm your father, I uh-huh. owe you nothing. Stay yes. out of my house, out of yes. my head. Well, but I mean, that's, that's the thing. And that's where we, that's where we go wrong. And, and I, I jotted something down when you were talking before, because I, I want to mention this aspect of responsibility. And, you know, we, we, sometimes we go into whether it's boundary work or other things we go in as victims. You know, they did this to me. Why can't they deal with it? You know, why can't they make the world work without me? And we've trained them. We've trained the people in our lives, our clients, our bosses, our family, our friends to rely on us to this degree. So and it's I, really, if I may, Cheryl, it's one of those oh shit moments when you look in the mirror and go, damn it, you did this to me. Like it's just... yep. Yep. like, oops, that's my fault. That's my bad. <laughs> I will take responsibility. Thank you, Will Smith. I don't need to yes. be you know beaten over the head by it. I get it. It was my fault. Um, but that's I think if you had that moment where you're driving. I've had that moment as well. And I know others have had that moment. Now, for people who are in that place, they haven't quite had their, you know, oncoming traffic moment. Um, where can they go to get help? Because, um, you know, one of the things I think, there's not a lot of conversations about boundaries. You know, we're we're so busy canceling people. Nobody's stopping to, you know, like we're such an angry time. And and I blame social media because I think it amplifies the, the angry. Um, I generally believe humanity is amazing and most people are good. Um, how can somebody get help with boundaries? And and I love that you say I didn't even know it was a thing because I didn't either. Yeah. Yeah, it's you know, look, I I started out someone and I don't even remember who someone recommended a book to me and it was my first introduction into the world of boundaries and it took me a while I you know I read it I read it the first time and I was like this sounds nice I should I should get some of these um but it wasn't until a, a couple of months later that I started doing it again and I uh, 
a friend of mine wanted me to be the incoming president for an organization. And I was like, I, I knew I wanted to say no, but I didn't want to disappoint her. And I kept, I kept going. I, I, I kept, you know, like, okay, let me think about it. Let me think about it. And it wasn't until I finally said yes to her and instantly regretted it that I was like, oh, my problem is boundaries. And I went back, I reread that book and realized that this was something I needed to learn and it was something I needed to teach. And I, for people that are dealing with this, I would say um, realizing that you have a problem like in anything, isn't that what they say about like alcoholics, realizing that you have a problem, it truly is the first step. And it's okay to talk about it. And when you do, when you, when you, you start this boundary journey, there's this realization of not everybody in your life actually has terrible boundaries. And when you start thinking about it and you go back and you're like, well, wait a second, somebody said no to me. I asked for help with something and, you know, John, whatever it is, said no. And I didn't like it at the time. And it felt really disgusting. And I was like, John, seriously. (laughs) Um, But you start to recognize that there actually are people out there with healthy boundaries. And, you know, if you're just starting out, mention it to them. Yep. You know, if there's somebody that's at all close to you, go and say, hey, you know, I, I recognize that you said no to me one day. Like, what the hell, man? <laughs> tell me more. Um, <laughs> look, boundary, boundary work is, it's a lot. It's a lot of inner work. Um, throughout my book, my warning is, look, if you've got some deep-seated trauma that's coming up, this this book is not prepared. It is not equipped to help you. Um, so get a therapist, you know, work with somebody that has the, and I know you said you don't like spilling your problems to somebody, but work with somebody who has the ability to, to look at you in the eye and notice if there's, there is a major warning sign. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, obviously I'm going to say, start with my book. Um, it's a, a great jumping off point. What if I said no to that? <laughs> then kidding. you would be setting a healthy boundary and that's okay. <laughs> Weird for a podcast, but whatever. <laughs> it's kind of the end of the conversation. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to jump into the book. And for the record, I don't discourage others from getting therapy. Um, what I've figured out is I don't need to talk it through. I just need to figure out what's wrong in the code and I throw out the buggy code and I move forward. But I'm uh, I'm a little bit more mentally disciplined than most people, and I've done decades of inner work. So, you know, to me, having a therapist, I'm going to be honest, driving somewhere and then waiting in a waiting room and then, you know, all of that is like, God, I could have done this myself at home. So. Yeah, but sometimes they have a dog. Yes. So there that's a go. bonus. So. I have allergies. So, you know, it's oh, I, no. I'm a pain in the butt. I love dogs. They love me. But then I I just make a choice of, okay, I'm going to be sneezing for a week. But that's okay, because it's always worth it. But always. 
always. <laughs> I'm more of a horse guy, by the way. So if some if a therapist has a horse, I'm there. I've I've seen it. Uh, equine therapy. I've yep. seen it. So I I have a friend who does equine therapy with veterans for PTSD. Yeah. And it it's beautiful because they rescue the horses from situations, and it's this amazing synergy where human helps animal and animal helps human um it, it is beautiful to see because when you're hurting and some magnificent creature like that is hurting you somehow find the energy to help them and it's beautiful so sorry i made a joke i stepped on the book but you're no, good. The you're good reality so Okay, so first things, I'm going to pull a couple of things out of it, because um, when we talk about inner work, I, I see a lot of people running like hell. Um, this is not, you're not making them do a thousand reps with a thousand pounds. It's helping them figure out what their boundaries are. Um, what is it going to trigger as they're reading the book? When when do they raise the white flag and say, oh my God, I need to talk to Cheryl? Because for the record, yeah. we're not sending them to someone else. We're going to send yeah. them to Cheryl because you wrote the book on it. <laughs> um, I, You know, one of the biggest things that I see and, and that I dealt with was belief systems. And, you know, you talk about coming from, from childhood with these, these ideas of... I'm no. Oh, you froze at these ideas. Sorry. I oh, sorry. Um. Oh, oh. It was the most brilliant thing I've ever said. Um. It was profound. I heard angels, and <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, I missed it. So I have FOMO. All good. All good. So, um, what was I saying? Oh, that you you come out of childhood with these belief systems and these ideas that you're not worthy, that you're not allowed to set boundaries, that your place on this planet is to put everyone else ahead of There we go. There we go. Okay. You stopped so, that. We're, we don't have the idea that we can put anyone else ahead of us. Yeah. We, so we, we do. We think we need to put everybody ahead of us. Yeah. And oh, sorry, yeah. yeah, no, it, it just, I, I think dealing with those beliefs and it's the, the um, recognizing like, oh, there is this tape playing um, tape. I just gave you my age there. Um, playing underneath the surface. I first heard it as records. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> Child of the 80s. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Tony so, Robbins used to talk about scratching the records. So yeah. that's what stuck in my head. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I, I always think of um, this this like music box, this creepy old music box playing in the attic because it's all packed away. But every once in a while you hear it and you're like, what the hell is that? Um, so, you know, when you realize that, that your underlying beliefs um, don't support having healthy bands, um, don't throw up the white flag, but yeah, 
but I can help. I love it. I love it. And um, you and I are going to have some fun. Now, what can someone expect? So now I'm going to transition to actually working with you because I think, um, yes, buy the book, read the book, give it to your friends. Um, I love the, the advice of talk to people who set boundaries because um, I've explored it like a, a student new to something. It's like, oh, <laughs> And I, I got to be honest, I went from no boundaries to, you know, I, I pulled out the, the military police and put up the barricades and I said, everybody go away. Yeah, uh, I needed that. But now I'm somewhere in the middle. So let's talk about what working with you looks like. And, and specifically, um, can we work on Zoom? Do I have to come and visit you? Do I get to come visit you? I mean, I have a very beautiful office now. So, um, look, I so I do workshops. I there we go. I, I'm like you froze. That means I did. It, um, it's that cold in Vegas. The internet's freezing, right? <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> So um, we, I do workshops and I go into organizations to do them. And I also work with individuals, um, you know, in a workshop setting. Um, and I'm putting together um, basically a, a mastermind, a, a, a boundary mastermind of people who want to be empowered, who want to make this difference. Um, it's going going to be on zoom and choose and choose strengthen your boundary muscles i love it i i'm getting a from the universe i'm hearing it's a mind mastery mastermind but that that sucks to say on stage so use it with care mind mastery mastermind i am writing that down that's awesome my poor brain's gonna do a u-turn and i'm gonna trip on it but um <laughs> I, I play with words that's what i do um so workshops now who what kind of organization is bringing you in like as an organization what are they thinking needs to happen that they say oh my god Cheryl we need your workshop yeah so there's a couple of things look we we can pretend that we uh walk through the door of our office and leave our personal problems behind we can pretend that yeah um, we can, I, I had a boss who used to, used to say, you know, problems at the door and there's no ego here. Okay. That's great, but we're human. So, um, you're going to bring your issues with you. What is it? Wherever you go, there you are kind of thing. Um, so, and, and the same thing, even if they're not family specific issues, your boundary issues are going to come to work. And you're going to be, uh, as just an employee, you're going to be so I'm guessing my internet problems are not fixed. <laughs> so my apologies. I thought they got fixed yesterday, but apparently not. 
no worries and oh. for what it's worth you're worth waiting for um, thank you <laughs> thank you it's I'll like just... finish the sentence I'm, not, I'm just so excited <laughs> um, now you're just doing it to mess with me right? i really am i really am so <laughs> no what i was saying and i don't know what you caught but um when we have boundary issues we tend to do everybody else's work before our own yeah so um you know we're we're not getting our responsibilities because we're saying that we can get things done and then we're not following through yeah so from from an employer standpoint it really behooves them to have employees to have team members that can set healthy boundaries that can turn around and say, you know what? My plate's really full right now. And I'm afraid I'm not gonna be able to get that done when you need it done to the quality you know, that you expect. Um, so, you know, if you're, as an employer, if you're seeing signs of burnout, if you're seeing employees that are, are taking a lot of sick days because maybe their mental health days and like you said they just can't anymore yeah i and i i use that all the time i just can't today um my, my phrase was not today not today <laughs> so <laughs> you and i have uh traveled a similar uh <laughs> um but it's true you know you just get to this point just can't handle it you you, yeah. you just can't and look if you're seeing a lot of turnover yeah. in, in your organization there could be many reasons for that, but one of them could be the fact that your employees just have too much to do and they can't handle it and they're looking for greener pastures. I love it. Now, I'm going to ask you a flip question of that because I've been in corporate organizations where, you know, I've been the guy, oh, Jeff will do it, Jeff will do it. And then you've got the people who wander around that I'm going to be honest, I want to beat to death with a paper clip. Um, I don't know yeah. how that's possible, but you know, they're the idiots who are always dropping stuff on my desk and, and they, they make a mess and then they're off having lunch and they're off, you know, basically they're the annoying ones in the lunchroom making all this noise while we're working. Um, how does a manager balance those people? Because I feel like they've got too good of boundaries. Right or something. So, what advice would you give if a manager's looking at somebody and they're seeing that you know, oh, suddenly Jeff's quiet. Jeff doesn't leave his desk. He doesn't get up. He doesn't go to the bathroom. He doesn't eat or drink. And oh, we got. I'm going to use Cheryl, but not Cheryl because she's nice. But you know, Cheryl's <laughs> got nothing but time to be in the lunchroom, or you know, Cheryl's running the social committee and you know, planning the next big outing and. Meanwhile, we're missing deadlines because Cheryl's too happy and Jeff's too unhappy. Yeah. So you know what? It goes back to that recognizing that you have a problem. If 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 a, a manager or a boss is noticing that, that's awesome. Um, I think I think too often that goes unrecognized within an organization. But if you're noticing that one of your you know, employees like has steam coming out of their head or smoke coming out of their brains and the other one is like kicked back in the lunchroom, um, it's time to have a conversation. And I would start with the overworked person. I would yeah. start with them and say, hey, what's going on? Like, 
let's look at your workload and let's see what what's going on. Like, I know I assigned this to you. Why are you working on this other stuff? You know, and then once you have a better understanding of the picture, because if you just go to the one kicked back in the lunchroom, like, oh, no, I'm doing great. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why they haven't gotten that done. I'm waiting on them. Um, so there's there's gonna be a lot of a lot of finger pointing. And I I think having that honest conversation and being able to identify the problem um before you before you look for the solution. Um but clearly assigning responsibilities, you know, moving forward. And look, if you can't handle this or if something gets j- dropped on your plate that that shouldn't be there. We need to know about it. We need to discuss it. Well, and for what it's worth, um, early in my career, I think I was 18. I worked with a guy who was the oldest 40 year old you've ever met. He was gray haired. He was unhealthy. He was unhappy. And his default was just give it to me. I'll do it. You know, he wouldn't train anyone. He wouldn't explain. And literally his around his desk was these little it was like he built a fort and these were his walls they were the boundaries um he ended up in the hospital and we had to come in and but it caused him physical anxiety when someone touched his stuff because he had a system which was code for i don't know what's going on but you know (laughs) it, it was like you know i'll put this fire on top of that fire so that i don't see both of them i just see one um, but all he got from management again, this was the, I won't say the, the decade, but it was, you know, earlier, um, what he got from management was you're disappointing. You're not producing enough. And it was like, we had a team, literally, I think there was 10 people sitting there every day going, give me something to do. And one guy was buried in stuff. And, you know, in his case, I think it was five years of resentment, before he ended up in the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. And look, we, we, we talked earlier about responsibility, about taking responsibility. Like that guy wasn't a victim. Yeah. You were, you were offering to help him. Um, he's got some un, uh, underlying beliefs that he's not worthwhile if he doesn't do all this work that he'll be, you know, easily replaced if he's not showing the world that he can do absolutely everything. Um, It's unfortunate to hear management come in and say, you know, you're not producing because that's just, that's just not knowing what's going on with your team. And that's unacceptable. For what it's worth, he was one of those show up and scream managers. He felt like if he hadn't yelled at everybody by noon, he was, he was behind schedule. (laughs) So love the nineties, love the late eighties, you know, it's just, we're nicer now. I think a little, a little, I I had a boss that used to walk in in the morning and I never knew if I was a raise or yelled at because it was every other day. Like I'm working on getting you a raise. And then the Mm -hmm. next day she would come in. What the hell did she do? And I'm like, so, um, yeah, that, that was a fun boss. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I, I'm going to be insensitive and say, I'm sorry, but are you on meds? And if not, should you be? Cause you know, but clearly she, the- she should have been. Yes. 
clearly not somebody who's doing the inner work. Is that a fair statement? Yes, that is very, very fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, I, I could talk to you all day, but I want to be mindful and respectful. So if somebody wants to work with you or they want to have your workshop, and by the way, I feel like we need to have a, a version of your workshop for my community. Um, how does somebody bring Cheryl into, you know, Cheryl to the rescue? And yeah. I feel like you got a cape or something. I, I have considered one. My old business cards actually said superhero on them because I was so involved in rescue. Um, so uh, first thing is uh, you can always reach out by email. It's Cheryl with an S at CherylGreenSpeaks.com. Um, what I would love is, is I have a free cheat sheet on how to say no that people can download. Um, so if you go to you had me at no.com, you'll, you'll see a little link that says, get your free cheat sheets. And it's honestly printed out, laminate it, slap it to the wall. And when you need to, you know, you need to say no to someone, it gives you all the different ways you can do it. And some suggested verbiage. I love it. Um, I'm going to ask you a really dicey question right now, Cheryl. Yeah. Um, how do I politely give that to somebody who's biting everyone's head off because they haven't set boundaries? That's a great question um, with a gift bow on it. <laughs> I just no, feel um... I'm going to get it shoved somewhere <laughs> that hurts. I just, you know, I, I would, I would throw yourself under the bus and just be like, hey, I had this great guest on my show and I downloaded this cheat sheet. I think everyone needs this. It's helped me so much. And, you know, just I, I don't I don't want to keep it from the world. Um, so and then hand it out to a couple of other people, too, so that you don't get punched. See, I'm thinking passive aggressive. I'm just going to yeah. hang it on the billboard in the lunchroom. And that works too. <laughs> in your office memo, everybody gets a coffee. <laughs> Again, I've worked with some touchy people because yeah. they're burning out and, you know, their, their hair's on fire and they're desperate. So, um, yeah. yeah. And, and I feel like I'm going to anonymously, you know, Secret Santa this year, <laughs> there's going to be some books going out. <laughs> Hey, look what's under the tree. I wonder what this is. It's look, I, I created the book and then hold on. If I move my head to the correct side, there we go. I created a coloring book to go with oh. it. So um, it's, it's a coloring book for adults with quotes from the book. And I recommend doing a package with the two of them. Honestly, I wish somebody had given me this years ago. I wish someone had sat me down and said, it's okay to say no. And your, your, your self-worth is not based. It's not dependent on what you do for others. Um, so put yourself first for once. And um, I, I love make your priorities a priority. I love it. And I love the coloring book, the the combo. I'm, I'm a big fan <laughs> of journals. Now I'm going to have to create a coloring book because why yeah. not? Yeah, absolutely. I, I had someone ask me in, a, in an interview, what's next? And I went, I'm going to make a coloring book. <laughs> hmm. So I did. And next so I did. a journal. So journal is my default. If somebody says what's next, it's a journal or a workbook. Okay. But coloring okay. book. I love yeah. it. It's brilliant. It's fun. Um, now, 
I could ask you a thousand questions, but is there anything I should have asked you that I haven't that you'd like to just trot out here so everybody can take it away and, and run with it? You know, the the one, let's see. Okay, the, the one piece of, of advice I'd, I'd love people to have is you're going to screw up. I seriously, no matter how far along you are in this journey, no matter how much work you put into it, no matter how hard you, you, you throw yourself in, um, we're humans and we're going to make mistakes and we're going to have boundary backslides and you have an opportunity just like you have an opportunity when you sit down and eat an entire piece, an entire cake in one setting, sitting. Not today, not today. Not today. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to do that now. Yes. Um, but you, you have an opportunity. You can look at the three crumbs on the cake and you can go, I'm disgusting. Yeah. I, I don't deserve to, to be healthy and to be thin and, and, you know, healthy and comfortable, whatever. Um, and I'm just going to eat whatever I want for the rest of my life. You could do that. Or you can say, oops, ate a whole cake. I'm going to just sit in that for right now. And tomorrow morning, I'm going back to my, you know, my oatmeal for breakfast or whatever, whatever it is. And you have that opportunity with boundary backslides. Um, I um, really quick story was at the supermarket. I was waiting in the line at the pharmacy and there was a woman stupid close behind me, stupid close. And I was like, well, I should be saying something right now. I should ask her. She's literally in crossing yep. a physical boundary here. <laughs> my, my brain was going and, and I'm, you know, six steps ahead where I end up in this like fist fight with a senior citizen knocking over the, there was like a CBD display right next to it. So I didn't say anything. And the rest of the day of walking around like, oh my God, how did I not say something like, I literally wrote a book on boundaries and I let this happen and I used it as a teaching point for me. And I used it as a teaching point for my community because they're going to happen. So just learn from it. Just embrace the, the, the whoopsie and learn from it going forward. That's going to be a new phrase. Embrace the whoopsie. So I I feel like that's a t-shirt. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> or a hat. I, I put that on a hat. So um, many notes from today. I love it. <laughs> I'm also a fan of bookmarks, just FYI. But oh, bookmarks, yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. That's, okay. um, yep. So uh, my two cents, when, when somebody gets too close in my space, um, I just ask if they want a hug. And in this society, people back off. <laughs> So I don't know if it would work for you. It works for me. In some situations, like with the the, the older woman, it might have been okay. Yeah. I feel like that could get me in a in a very uncomfortable area with some people. But yeah, I like that. I like. But that. be warned. Some people say yes, please, and I say I was kidding. Please back up. <laughs> so it usually keeps it from becoming that fisticuffs and knocking over displays. But right. Um, your results will vary, so I, I take no responsibility <laughs> if you listen to the weird stuff Jeff says. Yeah, um, I love it. 
Cheryl, it was both fun and informative, and I apologize. We went a little over, but I think my audience needed to have more Cheryl. Um, I want to thank you for hanging out with me and being on the show. Thank you. This was awesome, and thank you guys for watching. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to either click the link below or scan the QR code to register and listen to other episodes of our podcast. Or if you think your business or you would be a great guest to be on our show, we're always looking for experts in one of the nine elements of holistic wellness. We'd love to have you. You can either click the link below or you can scan the QR code and complete our speaker intake form. Thank you and to your wellness.